Hello and welcome into another episode of Podcast 63. It is Season 5, Episode 19, uh, and we won a road game this week. So that is very exciting. Uh, it uh, happened in, oh, an interesting way, I suppose. Uh, you know, maybe not the best way, but a win is still a win. Uh, and a road win at that. We got that sort of uh, monkey off our back, so to speak. So we will be talking about that game. Uh, we'll also talk about the Dayton game, which was entirely not fun <laughs> to, to watch, just to put it put it plainly. Um, but we'll we'll talk about that as well, and just kind of what what went wrong, and maybe if there's some stuff that could uh, use some correcting going forward. Um, and at the very beginning, we'll talk here in just a minute about. Uh, Jack Turner, who is our commit for the 2024 class, uh, he had a pretty good week and pretty nice game and has received some some praise from uh, a couple different sources on the internet. So we will break all that down. Um, Lou, uh, how did you celebrate the big road win against UMass on a totally normal and inconspicuous Tuesday in February? Yeah, um, just a casual Tuesday night, nearly had a heart attack, and it wasn't about the love in the air, it was about the stress. Um, so, um, <laughs> yeah, um, I'll get into it. I had, I had a lucky uh, partner who uh, may have allowed me to watch a said game on a casual, casual Tuesday night in the middle of February. Um, but yeah, what pull on the heartstrings? Why don't you? But yeah, so but hey, mm-hmm. a win's a win. Definitely nerve wracking, but uh, happy, like you said, happy to get a win here. So we will talk about all that here in just a minute. So stick with us, and don't forget, always remember, go blurs. And we are back. Um, So the first thing we want to talk about here, last week we really profiled Miles Rubin um, since we were able to see him play. Uh, We weren't able to see Jack Turner play because he is out in California, but uh, we did uh, see a lot of praise for him this past weekend. Uh, He had a very big game um, in his uh, playoff, like in his tournaments out in California. Um, and the first thing I kind of saw was some, some good stuff just from his um, his AAU coach. or I don't know if he's a coach or just kind of maybe like an owner of the part or owner of the program or something, um, but does have coach in his profile. So that was kind of uh, something to note. But it was just it was positive stuff about him um, winning a game uh, where so he, he's got a pretty talented team. There's some guys on his team that are it's a younger team. Uh, it's not like senior led or anything like that. But uh, there's some talented like underclassmen, sophomores and juniors on his team. But he really led the charge uh, on Saturday. He finished with 20 points and six rebounds um, to win a trip to the CIF Open Division title game. Um, not entirely sure what that stands for, but uh, I know that the team they're going to be playing on Saturday, Corona Centennial, is a powerhouse uh, type team. I saw, I think I, I shared on our Twitter um, a link to the uh, Ball is Life uh, top 50 high school rankings, uh, and I think they were number seven, six or seven. I'll, I'll look it up real quick. But also on the same list, um, uh, both. Uh, Jack's team, I think John Bosco, and Miles' team, 
uh, Simeon were in the top 50. St. John was at 25, and then uh, Simeon was at like 40 or 41, something like that. So just kind of cool to see them both uh, you know, represented um, in their respective uh, way. So that's that's always cool to see see that they're both, both on yeah, this I list. Think, yeah, I think this is like one of the first time we've had, I guess – Again, Jack is a year behind Miles, right? So we, we have an extra year of high school ball. But just kind of getting – we'll talk about it. There were some clips, right? And like we said, national media attention. So I think this is one of the very first few times in recent years we've had recruits on kind of a national media stage. Again, you could have joked five years ago, Loyola doesn't get that, right? Um, and now I think with the new conference, with, again, the success we've had in the tournament – um, having that brand is great, and that also then that attracts then I think top talent. So yeah, I think there's a lot of positivity with all that because it's just like our guys are also playing at a high level, right? We saw Miles not in person, but was playing on a tournament against the one of the in some rankings the top player in the country, Xavier Booker. So just tough competition, I think, just helps. I, I don't want to say build because I think that they're so young, but helps kind of put on a platform players for us to recruit and it really really helps Mm -hmm. yeah it does it's just fun to see them like just being able to watch some of their stuff too that's just like the coolest part i think access to it oh yeah Mm -hmm. like how many how many times was it hard last year to find a like i don't think we watched a full jalen quinn game Mm -mm. um right but we saw as many videos and tweets which were great um so yeah definitely a different a different aspect and also access to being able to watch things for sure changes changes a lot of things yeah, here's just kind of the so Ryan Silver is the uh, one I was talking about earlier. He is a part of West Coast Elite, which is the uh, AAU team that Jack plays on. Uh, but he just said that the maturation slash growth of Jack Turner uh, is very impressive. He called him an elite guard. Um, and then later there was uh, an interview that I uh, found online of um, John W. Davis, um, who interviewed Jack. And, and just kind of ask him about the game. And there's some good stuff. I mean, I'm not going to just, like, read word for word what Jack said. So if you want to find that, it's, it's like a two-and-a-half-minute video. So there's actually some good information. But uh, you can find that on our Twitter. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to talk about that other fun fun thing that uh, Coach Drew actually retweeted earlier today, uh, but the Sports Center next thing, go for it. Yeah, just, again, I think it was something actually I only found recently a few weeks ago after the kind of um, – CPL games, uh, which was um, kind of just highlights. And it's just really just a Twitter account um, about uh, pretty much potential and future um, kind of college basketball stars. It's all about high school highlights. Um, And I think um, just having that, again, uh, pretty much Jack was highlighted as a top performer. And he put up um, quite a competition, it looked like. But he just, again, getting tweeted, not by us, not by an account associated to a school, I think is pretty special and pretty unique. Um, but, yeah, again, something I'll be looking for. I think it's really cool to have kind of a national high school stage. Again, we saw what Miles in that tournament on ESPN2, I think it was, right? So being able, to, I think, to see these uh, platforms is pretty great. Yeah, and just for, for listeners who might not be able to just find this video real quick, uh, just the quick highlights, a couple three-pointers, a couple really nice drives to the hoop, uh, especially there are two in particular where he finished with his left hand, like kind of over taller guys, 
Um, so it just kind of shows his baskets. It doesn't really show some of the other stuff. He talked a bit about like his rebounding and trying to really work on that. Um, he's six three, so six three, six four. So like, uh, if, if we can get a guard in here who wants to rebound, like that's a that's a big plus too, um, and just something something to watch for the next year going forward. We're we're both really excited about his summer and being able to watch um, a player committed to Loyola who is playing at uh, at the on the AAU level. Um, he's a part of the Under Armour circuit, which has tournaments usually in Chicago or at least like weekends in Chicago. So we're we're hopefully gonna be able to go see him and um yeah it's just fun it's fun to have uh, a little bit you know last week we talked about miles this week we get to talk about jack so just fun to look to the future and um see guys succeeding uh before they before they get to loyola uh any any other thoughts on jack before we move to the the games very excited about the summer i think that's like again that will have us being able to glued to a game kind of like we did with miles this past summer and some guys right so i'm very excited for that opportunity yeah yeah it'll be a lot of fun to watch him play um so yeah moving on from the recruiting uh segment of the podcast uh we can talk about the two games from this last week um as we mentioned uh did get a road win uh at umass um umass is not um a very good team uh and just in general in the a10 at least uh, they, you know, I guess you could say they've had a similar, maybe not quite as steep of a fall as, as we've had, or, you know, like from preseason pro- projections, but, um, they came out of non-con at nine and three. And some people thought maybe they could, uh, they were like legit. They had, I think they won a couple, oh, they won that tournament, the same MTE that we were they in. They won our tournament. Yep, exactly. Yep, exactly. So they, they won some games, uh, and some, you know, beat a couple good teams. Uh, I think, do they beat Texas A&M? Is that right? Uh, I'll have to look back. I think no, they, I thought that was Sean. oh, they beat Colorado. <laughs> they beat Colorado. That was their, like one of their good wins, uh, in that tournament. But anyway, um, what I was just kind of getting at is like they they also have had a tough season um, and they haven't really met the expectations, especially coming out of the non-con. So um, we traveled over there um, and had a uh, fantastic first half um, and a not so great second half. But the guys held on. Um, you know, they made just enough free throws, quite literally, uh, to win sixty-four to sixty-two. So it was a uh, really a tale of two halves. Um, I watched the, was able to watch the first half before uh, Valentine's Day dinner, and we both joked. We texted each other because you were like, "What are you doing watching the game? Like tweeting about it? I thought you had dinner." And we were like, "Man, can we just end the game here? Can we just end the game forty-one twenty-seven? Like that would be great. Like I've seen enough." Um, and I wish there would have been a way to actually do that because, uh, yeah, what happened in the second half was, was not my favorite. Um, but, uh, we'll start with the positives. Uh, first half, Braden was shooting again, shooting the lights out. Uh, I'm pretty sure he made all four of his three pointers in the first half. Um, and, uh, Phil had some nice buckets. Um, I think he had a nice and one in the first half. Um, got a, um, a pretty solid, uh, effort from, from Ben all around, but I thought he played pretty good in the first half. Um, Tom finally had a, a pretty solid game. Um, you know, we've been talking about, I think being kind of hard on him recently, but, um, some pretty important minutes off the bench, uh, nine points, four rebounds and three steals. 
which was which was really nice to see. Um, he had that really pretty and one right before the end of the first half, uh, which was just an incredible play by Braden, uh, by both of them really, but like Braden to get the guy up in the air and then pass down low and Tom to be patient, know how, how much time he had and uh, get the end one. Um, it's kind of a, a bigger discussion for a different day, but I just feel like Braden has gotten a little bit craftier and maybe he's just kind of settled in a little bit more to his point guard duties. Um, you know, I, I don't know that the turnovers have gone down all, you know, they've gone down a little bit, but, uh, I just, I feel like he's making some, some more really impressive, um, reads and really impressive passes. That's fun to see. Uh, definitely taking his uh, ball handling duties, I feel like, to another level. Um, yeah, second half was tough. Um, you know, they uh, UMass, uh, one of their best players, Matt Cross, went down with a, I think it ended up being like an MCL or PCL injury. Um, I think they said he avoided like a really serious injury, so we're glad to hear that. Um, but Matt Cross was unable to play after the first five minutes of the game. So they were definitely down. Down some players. Um, also, they're one of their guards, who is the son of Frank Martin, I believe, the head coach, uh, was uh, unable to play today. Um, but they put stuff together and changed changed the outlook of the game in the second half. Uh, TJ Weeks was uh, kind of on fire a little bit in the second half, hit four threes. Um, not sure if they were all in the second half, but I remember he made some, some really tough shots. Um, and, uh, yeah, overall, I mean – I thought Loyola played great defense, like throughout the whole game, not just the first half. Uh, they definitely they were tough, uh, even though we weren't scoring late in the game. I mean, UMass wasn't really scoring either in the last like few minutes. So um, that one, there was a one run that we went on a nine zero run in the second half that was capped, I think, by Ben Schweiger three, uh, and that was really sweet. Um, but uh, yeah, overall. Um, a win is a win, as we'll probably say entirely too much uh, on this podcast. But um, it was it was good to see them gut one out. And if they would have just hit their free, their free throws, man, if, it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been this this close. I mean, they had three one and ones that they split. Braden, Phil, and Marquise are all guilty. Uh, and man, if one of them could have just hit both their free throws, it wouldn't even been an issue. We would have been up multiple possessions, but. Oh, man. What are your thoughts on this one, Lou? Yeah, I think um, what a great first half. Um, offensively, maybe lower than what we kind of normally try to do, right? We were 44%, 40% from three. Um, but the defense was amazing. Like, we held them to 37% field gold, um, 18% from three. They were just not finding the bucket. Now, again, it probably helped to our advantage. Like, we just can't deny it as um, – proper fans and also just people trying to break down film. They had a key player in their leading score out. Um, and he only played what four minutes mm -hmm. and that was it, maybe five. Um, so I think that definitely uh, came to our advantage. Um, and yeah, and I think that's what you need to in the first half. That's what was great. I think your highlight of Tom's play is something that we haven't seen done successfully in a while. Personally, um, that type of like, Hey, go and get us a bucket because we need it before the end of the half to kind of just make a statement, and that's what it was. Um, and that statement was great, and we all thought it was going to even be better. Again, breaking out to such a big lead 
Um, and then I, I don't know what happened. Just a slip. Clock struck 12. Um, who knows, right? It was definitely a different team that came out in that, um, in that second half. Um, again, uh, it was more just like kind of like really for me, I don't even know if it's the offense. I'll be, I'll be honest, right? It seemed like our defense just wasn't able to like get a stop when really needing it. Um, yeah, our offense was horrendous, uh, 33% and 25% from, uh, three. And yeah, you could say a field, a free throw, but they shot over 50% from three, uh, 46%. So again, just that difference I think is so huge, um, to even talk about. Um, and like the crazy thing is if, if I remember correctly, pretty sure we had, let me just look, confirm the turnovers. Cause it's a, yeah, we, we had a lot more turnovers though in the first half then in the second half, we had nine in the first half, and then we only had four in the um, – oh, no, that's points off turnovers, sorry. Um, but it was just the fact that just the defense wasn't there to stop. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just something to highlight that was just like when offense isn't there, we need some type of kind of reassurance that we can get a get a stop, and they went on that run, right? What was it, like a 20-4 to four run I think it ended up being? Something like that, yeah. Um, yeah like 62-43 to 43, I think the score was at some point. And it just like was just a non-stop, non. It was just continuous, and it was just painful. It really was, right? Like that's the crazy part of it all is that this was not something that I think we couldn't control. It was easily just something we just let go out of our grasp, right? We were able to control the game in the second half, and we just didn't. And again, it was different than, um, very different than even the Duquesne game. I was very, very worried it was going to fall into that scenario where it was going to be, oh, hey, um, we're just going to let them do a 10-0 run and figure it out. No, it was like we just couldn't get a stop, and they scored 20. And, yeah, like our free throws, right, it, they, they, so, they're they so valuable. And to see guys who I think are pretty pretty strong, I think I could say, from the free throw line, um, just like, again, not get it when needed. And that's the tough thing. It's like we needed it in the sense, and it was like, we, we need every bucket, but especially the free throws, they can help, right? Because, again, a lot of them we talked about were one-and-ones, right? So mm-hmm. they could have been other opportunities. Um, they could have potentially had more um, more chance to score another bucket, right? So, like, there there's kind of a, another trick to the trade, and that's, like, by making the first one, you get an opportunity to get more. So we could have maybe had more points even there. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a definitely uh, a tough one to grasp how we won it. Um, I think I even uh, give some kudos to um, to Christian Thomas because I think he gave a gasp at the end of the game, and I was right there with him. Uh, absolutely, was I just so just happy we finally were able to win. <laughs> But it, it was a little painful to watch. I, I don't think there's anyone who could tell you it wasn't a tough one uh, because it re- it really was. Yeah, I mean, I, I about your defense thing. I think it was, you know, I, you're right. It, it we didn't play as well as I think we could have, and I think the main thing that we were lacking was impact defensive play. So like, yeah, Marquise had four steals, right, and Phil had four blocks, but like. Did we turn those into fast break opportunities? Or were they just kind of, I mean, steals are not dead ball, but blocks can be dead ball where you, you block the ball out of bounds. I mean, even on the very last play of the game, which 
first of all, hell of a defensive effort by both Ben and Phil. I, I truly don't know who actually got the block. It was awarded to Phil, but like, I think either one of them. <laughs> it was a team it. effort there. I saw a lot of hands go up. But yeah. even even in that case, right? They got blocked. It fell right in the hands of a UMass player who could have tied the game. Like get a layup to tie the game, and he got it off yeah, in time. We- we kind of saw that with the St. Joe's game, right? Where it was like, it wasn't even that, like, our guys weren't there necessarily. It was just like the other, they were, it was like one group was doing their job and be boxing out, and then the other group was just standing there watching the other team grab the rebound. And right? sometimes. And now in this case, it might, they, it, it might not have been like a battle for the rebounds, but it was just like, you just got to be awake, I think. Sometimes it's just bad bounces. I mean, to be honest, right? It's it's a game of basketball. I mean, but, you know, usually those even out. But I think in this one case, right, you get a block shot, it goes right into the hands of the UMass guy. Like, yeah, that's an unfortunate bounce, right? You made a great play. Um, But, yeah, I agree with you. There have been other times, too, where we get a block or a tip or something, and then it's just like, wait, why aren't we hustling? Or, like, why aren't we diving on the ball or diving on the ground for the ball? Um, and you know, that comes and goes. I know teams aren't perfect at that all year, right? Like there are, um, there are times when it's just, like I said, just like a bad, a bad bounce. But, um, yeah, I thought we lacked a few impact defensive plays. Um, great individual efforts, as I've mentioned with Phil and Marquise. Um, but, uh, even with like Marquise, yeah, he had four steals, but, um, also had four turnovers, right. And was 0 for three from the field, only split his free throws, um, I just, his shooting has been, um, I, I don't know. It's just frustrating, man. I, 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 the, he just was such a great shooter in the first half of the year in the non-con. And now I believe he's up to O for his last 11 from three. I think that's what it was. He said it, that to me while at the game on Friday. Well, I'll confirm while you keep going. Yeah. O for but, three from three in yeah. this game. And I yeah, he was over three from there, and that's the crazy thing there though. Sorry, just to highlight that point as well. It's like it's only from three, yeah. And it's like really like I'm pretty sure we we could try try maybe some other things. And there's driving right. This is kind of nuts. Sorry, I'm looking I'm looking back at Marquise Kennedy since the first St. Joe's game, mm-hmm. and sadly enough, that's the last game he started. Mm-hmm. He's been over two. Didn't take a three. He only played the St. Louis game was three minutes. 0 for 3, 0 for 1, 1 for 1, 0 for 1, 0 for 3, mm-hmm. 0 for 1, 0 for 3, 0 for 3, all from three. Yep. Now, again, I cannot – we don't have a fact to be like, were they wide open, were they contested? But there was a lot, even in the Dayton game, and in this – it was like they were they were open. They yep. were like, you got to hit one, right? And it's like, I don't mind if it's like, oh, you miss one, and it's like – but you got to try to find other ways to score. And I think the UMass game, there wasn't. There was only just let's take these shots. So, um, yeah, again, it's it's a very weird sight to see that it's like 0 for 3 is like really tough, I think, to see from Marquise. But then again, if that's just the way I think personally that maybe it doesn't make sense for, again, is Ben going to get the more buckets now? Because Ben took seven shots. Um, and was two of seven. So not really great field goal percent from him, right? So, like, it's – I think the offense needs to find um, – and it might not even be a balance, right? Like, no one's going to – you know Braden's probably going to shoot more than anyone um, from three, right, of course. And Phil's probably going to put up a lot of buckets. But it's like, how can we be efficient where everyone else? 
So, I don't know. That's a great point, though, actually. Now I think about when you're looking at box score, right? Like, you come off a Richmond game where Jalen Quinn kind of lets it fly, and then he only puts up three buckets attempts in this game. And Ben puts up seven, but is only two of seven. So, yeah, that's a that's a really – and, again, though, we find guys like Tom, you said, has a great game. So, I don't know. Is it a question of, like, we got to let new guys – get majority or if it's just like whoever hot like where it's it's where did we, get? It's we got four games taking left, good so. shots i ultimately okay. i mean they're still trying to win these games and it, it is taking good shots this was the first for ben i i um when you brought him up it made me think this is the first game in umass in a long time where i've really questioned ben's shot selection lots of really okay. contested twos um some off balance sort of fadeaways um where they were still contested so this was the first time that I've I like I thought Ben played okay, but I thought his shot selection was just not good. Um, and we we you, back to Marquise too. A lot a lot if not all of these threes are open. I, I mean I I've been thinking about this now for a few days, and that's why I, I was actually kind of surprised that it was only O for his last eleven. I thought it would have been like thirteen or fifteen, um, but it they've mostly been open, and it and for me. I, you know, my thing would be like, okay, early in the game, Marquis, if you have an open three, take it to the hoop, get an easy one, let one, you know, like get a, shoot a little floater, maybe try to get to the hoop and, and open something up for your teammate. Um, if you see one go down, yeah, shoot them, shoot the open threes. You see, you get a layup early on, next time you get an open three, take it. Like, I I don't know if it's a mentality thing for him. Um, it's tough to tell. But it is definitely strange that he's gone from shooting easily over 40% in non-con. I want to say it was like 45% to now. I think I, it might even be more. There were games where he, there was like a stretch where he was having a 60% field goal percent. Yeah, because we were talking. Uh, we were so, writing about it. I mean, we, we have the proof. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were talking about who's hot. And I think there were definitely a few stretch of games where I said, oh, Marquise Kennedy. Like, without yeah. a doubt, right? Like, I'm looking at a stretch here. Of yeah, now again, he made all. He, yeah, he only put up two of three, two of three, four of five, five of twelve though, nine of sixteen against GW, mm-hmm. um, two of five from three, um, but yeah. So I I would easily say if we're just doing non-con, right? So non-con, non-con, he was fifty-one percent field goal. So set ten games, seven starts. And what was he from he was three? 51- from three, he was fifty-four percent from three. That's nuts. Um, one, uh, one, he averaged nearly a one and a half threes per game in attempts. Uh, were three. You want to know how many? Uh, how many? How many total threes he's made in conference play? Five. I can get that. Five. He's made five threes in, in conference con- play. In conference play, he's made five. Probably yeah, in the Stanford game, he made four alone. Right. Um, if that helps. And then the DePaul game, he made four alone. And then Central Arkansas was three. Um, now, yeah, so then if we do George Washington to um, to now, to Dayton, we, we, we'll include Dayton. I know we're not talking about We're talking about a game in the future, technically. Mm-hmm. But oh, my data doesn't want to load. Oh, here we go. So George Washington to Dayton. 20, 25. I think he's 5 of 31. Yep, 5 of 31, yeah. I mean, I... Like I look, I we we love Marquise, right? We we've talked about him for four years now. Um, I 
ultimately I think something's up though that's the for thing. sure i think I'm, like there has to, it's not like a i think personally i don't think it's a lack of talent no i think no. it's just like he's not 100 percent. like that's just what it is no to for me sure. at least it, it and just that's, is and that, it, disappointing yeah yeah and it's i think it sucks for us as fans more than it just sucks is just like maybe because you watch a kid who's played so hard and played again through injury last year right and then has a solid again that was that one was that that one game we fouled out right and we um i think during the march arch madness um but like again it's just i think they're easily again and we've seen it now with the last few games right he hasn't started which personally we've we've stated this right like it just it's it's at a point where you need to let Jalen Quinn and Ilya Ben start because, right? You mentioned Ben. Ben needs to learn what a so- shot selection is, right? Mm-hmm. Like even even we bring up with Braden, right? You say Braden's getting comfortable. I see Braden getting comfortable, but then in some spots getting like a little too comfortable, right? But again, you you have to know how to rein yourself in with certain skills, whether it be Braden passing or now Ben trying to figure out what his shot is, right? Like you know, Braden is very comfortable. If we're speaking of drives, right? Braden doesn't just drive and put up a board, a ball off the backboard. He'll do then his step back and fade away. That's what he does, right? And he's comfortable with that. Ben, I don't know if he's comfortable. What What is he comfortable with driving, right? Like, he's done the left-handed layup, right? We've seen that before. So, yeah, I think to Marquise's, again, I don't want to say, it just it's tough when I want other guys to play at this point because they need to figure it out. And I think that's what you're seeing when guys aren't 100%, really. Here's the other thing. I I think Drew might be starting Jalen because he truly thinks Jalen's the better guard right now. I, I think that's entirely uh, possible. If I had to compare a scale, yeah, I think I think I think Marquise is a little injured, and I think Jalen helps. Now again, you look at the UMass game, right? Jalen, yeah, Jalen and Marquise though put up both 25 minutes, right? So they're both getting equal share. I think it's helpful to have. A rotation of guys for sure mm-hmm. um and again they're both different right they're different situation it's just it's crazy to see though again i think you're gonna see a difference for Jalen game to game right richmond game amazing game mm-hmm. this umass game there's no consistency yet because he's a freshman right mm-hmm. that's the thing i think and that's fine because he doesn't he needs to figure out what he's comfortable with he needs to figure out what works drew also needs to figure out the schemas and rotations but like Marquise to not see him find that consistency in the conference play, at least all the games, is just really tough, right? Like mm-hmm. the same with Tom. We've we've been talking about that recently. It's like sometimes the minutes are are not what we want. And though you look at the UMass game, and you're like, yes, Tom, this is what exactly we need. We need nine points. I would love a few more rebounds, right? I'd love the fact that Braden scored got the second most rebounds in this game just bothers me and it's mm-hmm. going to bother me again since since the St. Joe's game I now care about rebounds just want I'm done with the assist to turnover ratio because we just turn the ball over way too much and we don't get too yeah. many assists but it's just like it's those little things and right now the little things are like Tom and Marquise can play consistent minutes of like not trying to do everything right like smart shot selections and that's all we need right we don't need Again, also, Marquis had four turnovers yeah, in this game. Right. That's like so it, it they're compounding errors and that's not helping the entire game, right? Um, it's weird to tell a guy and any kid or any player in any sport to be like, Hey, we need you to just be kind of that role player. But really I think that mentality of, hey, we have role players really helps. Um, I think that just will help us enormously. Um, so yeah. 
again, we've kind of gone on this tangent of like this UMass game, and I think it's just because what a difference between halves mm-hmm. and what a different team. And, and I think that's the craziest thing is that this team looked very consistent, very like well, they're not last place in the A10. And then all of Twitter, the second half, made sure we all knew that we were in UMass, the second and last place team, <laughs> second to last and last place team. So it was a little tough there personally also for us there. So, yeah, overall, unless, Buck, do you have any points with UMass? I think we've we've beat the, the horse uh, a few yeah. times more. Yeah, but, no, my, yeah, again, my sixty-four, sixty-two. Oh yeah, you go. Just, just happy to see them have some fun and, and be able to do road <laughs> dogs again. I will fun. Uh, I don't know. Actually, not a fun stat, but an interesting stat. Um, this was our second true road win of the year. Can you do you know the first one? The only other true road win. It's like playing at an opponent's stadium. Whoa. Um. There's like a caveat to it, which is funny. Uh, it it is. No one technically is at their school's arena. Sorry, UIC. Because Clemson. Oh, UIC. Yeah, we. Is, that's the that's, that's the technicality. It's like, yeah, it's at UMass, but they're sleeping in their own bed. Like they're busting down, right? Like the yeah, an I get hour, two yeah, hours no, before. No, no, no. So, I mean, still cool. That, I mean, it, it, I'm glad they got, you know, really a true the road dogs win. was great to see. Yeah. yeah. So. But uh, I, I have to say, maybe I'll do this research. I would love to know what our record is when um, Denzel Valentine is in the stand, in, in front row. That <laughs> was nice to see. Track. The whole fam was there. Yeah. He drove down, Drew said, at the end of it from his – again, he plays for Maine, the Celtics – G League team, and I, I don't know how close that is, but yeah, um, I'd love to know our record because we him there, we won. So true. Maybe we need to bring him to the Barclays if he can. Yeah, so, but yeah, overall uh, a win, like we've said, but a tough one. Um, but sixty four sixty two against UMass at UMass, our first A ten win on the road, um, and our first road win at at an actual uh not a neutral site and away site in quite some time yeah. um for this season but uh no buck i think you wanted to talk about the dayton game and we had a special guest um not with us but special guest in the in the arena yeah before we get in that uh speaking of road dogs if you if you like those road jerseys you know the maroon very nice very pretty mm-hmm. you know what we what we got famous for in our ncaa tournament run if you want to get one for your for yourself or for a loved one, you know maybe you forgot a Valentine's Day gift and you need you're like oh yeah you're in the doghouse now, uh, go ahead and go to minijerseys.com. That's mini jerseys with a Z, and uh, yeah you can get the uh, the maroon, uh, the white, and also now the gray. So if you have a personal favorite or you just want to support the Road Dogs, uh, go ahead and you can get any of, I'm pretty sure all the players are on there now. Um, I keep seeing there's they're adding more women's players as well. So uh, if you want to get a men's or a women's Loyola jersey, go ahead to uh, minijerseys.com. So, uh, but yes, there was a special guest who I'm guessing in probably a short amount of time, you'll be able to get his jersey on minijerseys.com as well. Uh, but that was Miles Rubin. Uh, if you wanna, if you wanna head that off and, and talk about a little about having Miles there, uh, go for it. Yeah, I think we joked. We were sitting next to each other. Um, this might have been the first time in um, maybe you know quite some time that we've had a recruit now committed and signed. Right, we've had recruits there. Um, so uh, Buck w- uh, was absolutely right when we joked about it. We've had recruits there, but even a first time we've had a recruit who's been signed and committed. 
get his own shout out via the jumbotron. That was pretty cool. And camera right on his face. Um, again, Miles is what 18, 17, 19, whatever it is, he is. Uh, kind of seemed a little again. Maybe I don't. I don't know if anyone told him. Uh, so that was kind of funny. But, <laughs> he might have been surprised. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think he was a little surprised. But what I was surprised about that I loved and we tweeted about it. Miles walked out with the team uh, from the locker room. I hope he got the whole, um, whole kind of team uh, inside look. Um, and when I say whole time, I mean even after the game. Um, I really hope uh, Drew gave a great speech, but we'll get to that in a second. But, yeah, I saw him walk out with the guys, dabbed up some coaches, and I was just like, this is cool. Because, again, Buck and I had just saw him play, and we actually dabbed up the Simeon team because we were sitting right there at their entrance Mm -hmm. um, the previous week. So another game we got to see him kind of walk out of the tunnel. So that was really cool, I have to say. And, again, we only have one recruit this year out of high school so far and so to have him be able to come again um his brother was not there for anyone listening and who wasn't at the game to be curious no um west was not there the former uh commit and now decommit and committed to you and i so yeah again uh happy to see that again it was a packed crowd i'm again i'll, I'll start this one off real without even game talk i am very happy that we are in a conference with dayton for the fact that this school is going to be a school that has fans that comes to Gentile. It's going to be a good rivalry. We're both Midwest kind of vibes, right? They are in Ohio. We are in the greater area of Chicago. Like, that's just – we're in a better city. It just has to be like that. (laughs) Um, But them and SLU are going to be great for me. I love this idea of packed crowds. Now, again, let's not have 6 p.m. games. Let's Mm -hmm. make it a 7, especially if you're going to do Friday night. Um, also make reservations at places beforehand, just like for restaurants, um, or also plan it or also Loyola make some more bars and restaurants. That'd be great too. Um, but yeah, I love the atmosphere. Um, again, we're, we'll talk about it. It was kind of a, a crazy atmosphere for uh, Loyola fans at some points. Um, but yeah, a packed gym, uh, is a great gym in my eyes. It brings an atmosphere in it. We had to Paul like that. That was great though. A loss. And now they think about it. All these games I'm about to say that were packed. I'm pretty sure we lost. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Slew, packed one. So, yeah, the beginning of it to see Miles and see the fans also cheer him, I think, was what went off in my head. But, Buck, we probably should talk about the game mm-hmm. that um, I don't know if we really think it was a game. I don't know if we want to talk about it. <laughs> no, it was pretty much a beatdown. It really yeah. was. And, again, we salvaged something at the end there quickly, but – yeah, uh, you and I turned to each other and go, what are we doing in the last minute? And then we figured out why we were doing it. But, yeah, yeah we, um, we, we again, a very tight contested first half. Let's yeah. just be honest, right? It was a 28-8-20 to 8 20 game. Mm-hmm. I, in my head, I was like, whoa, this is going to be very low scoring. Like, yeah. we were keeping in touch. Um, I think we, we, ha- we finally um, weren't able to contain uh, Holmes. Just what's what it was early on. I think uh, even the team collectively were perfect from field gold, their first, like, five shots. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, the defense kind of broke down there. But, again, Holmes is a top player. First team, potentially, uh, definitely a player who's going to be thought about maybe second-round pick or at least uh, uh, undrafted free agent. So he's got that talent. Um, and he really put it to show. Um, so, again, a first half, it was – Quite an efficient one for them, but a low scoring. And for us, again, we were not too great. Um, it, we were 30% from field gold, uh, 22 from three. 
Um, 100% from free throw, which made me laugh. But, again, we only took <laughs> two free throws. But, yeah. again, coming from the UMass game when we couldn't buy us one free throw. But, yeah, that first half, Buck, what, what – again, it was such a low-scoring game and an inefficient kind of for us. But it was still, like, it was within reach, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, man. I Like, you look at the box score and trying to figure out, you know, obviously we we got beat down. That, that's that's obvious. Like, I mean, it wasn't entirely close after the first half. And it's like, what, what what went wrong, right? I mean, like, we only had 10 turnovers, which, honestly, I'll take 10 turnovers. That's fine for I'll us. I'll take, I'll take, I'll take, yep, yep. Yeah, and, like, you know, we held them. Like, Dayton only made four threes. Like, that's a good number. Four of 18, that's a really good number to for defensively. But yeah, you look at our our shooting numbers are just were just really bad. Um, and I hate to be so specific uh, and really just blame it on one person, but Braden, Braden, zero for seven. I mean, like, and and he would one tell you the 10. same thing. But yeah, yeah, oh, one yeah. for ten overall, over seven from from three. And I'm sure he would tell you the same thing. Is like I can't do that. I you know I let my team down. Like I'm sure he would say that. Um, and it just here's the thing, right? Like it's not. Like we even said, oh, if he just makes three of his seven, which is his his career worse than his career average, about his career average this year, like then we're only that's nine points, we're only down six, right? But it's not even just that. Like the thing is, if he's hitting threes, they have to respect it to come out and guard it. They have to go over screens, and that different, leaves different scenario. Different right, scenario. that leave that just opens up a lot more of the offense. But he started out so cold over three, I think, in the first like ten minutes or maybe even last eight minutes, that they're like, okay, like then shoot it, right? Until you make one, we're not going to come out and get you. And he just he couldn't, and that that's the unfortunate part because some of the role players were making threes, like. Ben had a really pretty three in the second half. Bryce hit his first one. He always makes the first three. Phil made a three in the first <laughs> half. Like, Jamerrill Wilson made a three in the first half. And then Sheldon made one as well in the second half. But that is a, a funnier thing for, for later in this episode. Um, so that that was the thing is, like, the, the role players actually hit some threes. So if Braden makes a few, like, that's going to open up his teammates too. So... Braden, you know, like we, we see this all the time where, you know, you get a, you get a pass out to Braden on the, on the three-point line and there's only one defender to kind of guard two guys and and Braden might pump fake, take a drive in and kick it back out to a, a more wide open role player. Well, they weren't rushing out to get him on the three-point line because he hadn't made a three yet. So the one defender could kind of guard two people. Um, and so it just, yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, I... I we the, there was a game that he had like this earlier in the season where I was like, oh, he's never going to sh- shoot over six again, and then he did. Uh, so I'll eat my words and I will find it because um, I remember. Oh, he was over five against Boise. I think that was probably and over six against Bonnie's. Maybe that was it in the win. Wow, I didn't realize oh, was, that might have been it. Yeah, I didn't realize he was over six think, and we beat Bonnie's. Wow. Anyway, yeah, I think the biggest thing here is actually. It might not even be even one player if we're going to say on Braden for actually for me. Yeah, Braden had a bad night, right? And that's not really, I think, the, yes, we. it's pretty obvious, right? We're not going to. Um, but it's like the offense was only him at a mm-hmm. certain point. It felt like we were only trying to run things through him. And that makes sense. Uh, he's up there for second leading scorer, right? Um but it was just like it, it seemed like there was no potential options. And then again, though, right, the lead got to 20-plus at one point. Um, I think 
was the largest lead. Let me see. I can tell you here. Um, lead gain. I don't even think yet. Largest lead might have been like 25. So at a certain point, I think Drury's even like we got we gotta we gotta we gotta cut this back, right? Um, and that's tough. It's it's tough to be like you gotta cut it back um, and just shoot threes. And sadly, the threes weren't falling, right? Um, so being able to maybe find a different shot, I think would have been helpful, um, whether it be a different player. Um, again, it, just looking at box score, you're like, Phil five of 12, that's pretty good. Right. And then it's like, yeah, but some of the shots even could have been maybe a little bit better. Right. Or, um, Bryce put up 10 shots and he was four of 10 and it's like, okay. So yeah, overall, again, the, the team itself, we were 30% the entire night. Um, I think shot selection, when you're going up against guys like Holmes and stuff, you're going up against really tough competitors. Um, ben had another tough night field goal-wise, not even from three. Um, I think he was being guarded by Kamara. I think he was, if I think about that. I think Kamara had him for a few times, right? Mm -hmm. So that those drives to the buckets weren't necessarily there because it was almost like the wingspan was kind of matching Ben, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think uh, that's that's another big thing to be like, how can we find other ways to score? Um, I was very kind of confused. Uh, Jalen Quinn did not have – he only shot the ball three times, but he only had 13 minutes played. Um, so Drew was really trying to stick with some of the guys. But, again – it's a tough one. I think this team is, again, they're top of the conference, so it'd be crazy for us to be like, oh, we could go toe-to-toe -to -toe for them. But then when it's it's even tougher when we went to OT with them at their place, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the other caveat. So, And the first half was pretty decent, actually. It might not have been amazing, but to hold a team to 28 points, um, us, we were not as efficient from offense that we could have been. So, yeah, I think it was a tough one, but um, – Something that I think could have been attainable. Again, hey, we technically had a more points scored in the second half than the first half, but again, we weren't as efficient over throughout the entire night. Like, again, I was talking about rebounds. I was going to be like, at first, when I looked at the end of the night, I was like, oh, they out-rebounded us, right? And I was like, well, they out-rebounded us because they had 12 more defensive rebounds because we kept missing shots, right? That's just always going to be the case. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's I think it's interesting that and we've done this right and maybe now, now I'm really intrigued when you said the Bonnie's game I wonder if it's the Bonnie's game or it might have been Stanford but there have been times where we've dug a hole especially early in the A10 conference games right we were losing by 30 on a regular basis nearly we would try to shoot our way out from three and sometimes it can work right I'm not going to deny it right on a hot night it could work but there are definitely times where it's like you have to see the right on the wall and it's like I think if Braden goes 0 for 5, you have to be like, okay, you know what? Maybe we'll try something else. Because some of the threes were just wide open, too. Yeah. That were. was the toughest part, too. Now, again, some of them were off dribble or ball hand, and it's like, okay, that's tough. But, like, there were a few that it's like, you even said it, just one to go down could change the whole thing. And even Marquise, I'm pretty sure, had a corner – had a, maybe one or two corner threes that were right in front of us that were yep. just wide open. Wide open. And it was just, like, not falling. And it's just, like, maybe do you drive? I'd, I don't know, right? Because, again, you tell a kid if you're wide open at three and we're down more points than only a few, you need to get as many points as possible, potentially, right? So, yeah, I think, uh, again, crazy to think that this game wasn't on turnovers, right? Like, you would expect a 30-point loss to be like, oh, they must have turned over the ball. Like, no, Dayton actually turned it more 
than us, turned it over more. So, yeah, again, we've talked about some Achilles heels, right? But, again, we've talked about buckets, right? And our turnovers might have been low, but then the bucket of offensive efficiency was not there, right? So to be that competitive, especially in this conference, right, you have to you have to kind of be efficient in a few buckets. And, again, again, defensive-wise, 65 points is not a lot of points. I was going to say that. that you, you think you can win the game, you hold them 65. Yeah, especially for a, from a team, like you said, they only were, they were 3 of 10 from 3. Yeah, in the second half, they shot 50%. But, again, we were kind of – we were pretty consistent there. They got to the line quite a lot, I think. And, again, that's just because of the body-to-bodies. But I, this easily was a defensive contained game. It was just our offense efficiency was just way out of control. That, that's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. And, again, our, our turnovers have been the one that's been out of control. There's always been one area that have been kind of the out of control, we can't control ourselves area. And easily with the Dayton game, it was it had to be field goals. And that's just – it's the right on the wall. It's what the box score says. But also it's we, we watched it in person, and it was just like things weren't falling. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them were kind of smart, selective, I guess, high percentage shots. A few times you're like, I don't need that bucket. But again, I think sometimes these guys are just trying anything they can just to see the ball go in a basket. And it's just tough when those nights aren't coming mm-hmm. because then it just it's a snowball, right? right? It's avalanches just into domino effect, whatever you want to say, that when one doesn't go in and a few start not going in, it might just be a trend that just it's not that night. And it's tough, right? We go all the way back to the Ohio State game. Like we didn't, the game wasn't efficient, right? There's, there's just bad games, but um, it's what you can hopefully try to do out of those games, right? Like we got four games left in conference play. I hope we take them strong. Um, but yeah, again, a tough game to really talk about. There's really nuts more from my end. It's again, they, we, we only lost by what 17 at the end of it or 16. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, 16 at the end of the night. So not crazy of a blow up, but. It, it, the second half felt like it was it it was gonna be a beatdown for sure for me. But yeah, I, I think this just goes to prove how critical Braden is to our offense. Um, so you know we got Braden obviously has been has been great. Phil has been awesome too, right? I mean he he put up his his usual like his average just about. Um, but then you know we got Marquise who. He did have nine points in this game. You know, so this isn't this isn't more about this game, but it's more about like overall. Um, we definitely expected more from Marquise this season. I think just point blank, um, he's had some good games earlier in the season, uh, but offensively, I think we thought he would do better. Um, you look at a guy like Sheldon Edwards, who, you know, coming into this year, I mean, we talked on the podcast before the season about like, oh, how do Marquise, Braden, and Sheldon all play together? Because we fully intended and thought, oh, at the very least, like he's going to be sixth or seventh man, right? Like he's going to be that next guard off the bench. And besides Fairley Dickinson, like he's given us nothing, right? I mean, and that, you know, I'm. That's just we only see what's on the court, of course. Um, but uh, the, the, those are some guys that we just really thought would be huge impacts on offense and haven't been, um, or have been far less than we had expected. So then that just points to Braden as being such an important offensive player. Um, you know, Ben has had some good offensive games. Jalen has shown that he can drive to the hoop, but those guys aren't going to be the decision makers or they're, they're not going to be the difference makers most of the time, uh, especially in a game against like a really great opponent like Dayton. Um, 
so yeah for me this game just just goes to prove that like man we are a team that is they need Braden and phil both the whole game and then they also need contributions from other guys. If they can't have Braden and one, or if both Braden and Phil aren't playing well, aren't scoring well, we're not going to win a game unless it's like 50-48. Like, and, and that's just, I think, a really tough truth right now. Unless uh, unless Coach wants to go out and, and give Sheldon uh, some serious minutes, and then <laughs> games might be in the 80s. But uh, I'll tell you what, he's going he's gonna to score the ball, so... Um, I don't know if we want to talk about the Sheldon minutes at the end there. I, I think I think you're the really the only one here who's exuberant. I think there was he got rebounds. He got he got rebounds. He, again, you yeah, I think the, the crazy two, thing right yeah. now. It if you say Braden or Phil, right? I go back to the Richmond game, right? Like Braden and Phil had a decent night. Um, mm-hmm. They were great, and then you look at Jalen and Ben. It's like they went off, right? And it's just like. Can we find that thread, right? Those four guys, and you could even say Bryce also had a good game in that, right? But those four guys showed a consistency that maybe we haven't had, right, throughout this season, right, in that one game. And so it gets you excited for the potential of, like, oh, could this be a regular thing? Uh, could this be something that we go to, right? As when I say go to, is like that these four guys on a given night can be the consistent four. Um, and maybe, right? Um, I think there's an exciting thought to them, especially Jalen and Ben being the future, right? But these four of these guys will most likely, and hope be, they'll be all on the roster next year. Mm-hmm. So if we can find that consistency with the four of them, maybe uh, one night it's um, Phil goes off, right? Because he has a great night offensively, of course, right? And that makes sense. So there might be a night where one guy at Braden, right, at St. Joe's, so it's seven threes. He missed seven in this Dayton game, and he made seven in um, in the St. Joe's game, right? So there's a, there's always nights where a guy can maybe go off on his own. But if we need a night for everyone to be consistent to help pick up a guy, right, the next guy up mentality, those are going to be those critical times, like you said, right? We need to – if we're not going to have those two guys, then can we – find other guys who can fill in those i'll be straight up honest i think the answer is no like i if phil that's what i'm getting at here is if phil and brayden aren't both playing well even just like doing their season average i don't think we win a game and and it's uh, it's a hard like truth that i i think i mean opinion right it's my opinion but um yeah i just i i think that's what we've come to this year uh is unless those two guys are on um there's no one else that's going to carry us to a victory except for Ben one time when he had seven threes. So I guess I guess if Ben has seven threes, then maybe or six threes, whatever it was. I don't know. I, I yeah, just it, it's it, hard. It could, it could be a whole no, and it could be a whole thing of um, like if right because like if I think personally Ben could potentially elevate a game as well right for so sure and if, i agree with um, you those those four guys that you mentioned phil Braden, jalen and ben they need to be on the court as much as possible together because i agree with you they're going to be hey, here next we got year. four games left yeah 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 they need to they need to get their time um and it's been exciting seeing uh seeing them grow and, and struggle but uh, i think there's been far more growth for both of them than struggle so that's been agreed that's been agreed yep mm-hmm 
Yeah, um, I don't. I don't have too much else. Um, my one big thing uh, this week. I know we do have a men's game on Wednesday against Fordham at home. Um, it will be my last men's home game of the year because I'll be out covering the women's tournament. Um, but even more so than the Fordham game, I would I would really uh, implore as many of our listeners to come to the women's senior night on Saturday. Uh, it's, I think it's Saturday afternoon. I think it's a one o'clock game, but. Um, yeah, I just, I, you know, those things are big deals. I'm really bummed that I'm missing senior night for the men. Uh, but I'll actually end up seeing the men play their final game of the year, the regular season, which is at LaSalle. Um, so I'll be celebrating them at LaSalle. <laughs> Maybe I should get some cardboard cutouts and, and like when they get and introduced. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We love our seniors and it's like, you know. Jamerol and hey, maybe we'll reach Bryce. out to uh, Sign Girl and she can give you a sign Ooh, to bring. That would that, be good. That would be a bad idea. Get yeah. some support. So if you want to support our Ramblers this week, uh, there's a couple opportunities. There's the men's game on Wednesday and Senior Day on Saturday. Uh, and Loyola, the the women are playing the one team they've already beat this year, which is which is SLU. Yeah, uh, SLU has decided to be really really good recently, which is I would not have expected that, but. Um, yeah, so that's those are my my two things for this week. Um, I don't know any any more thoughts for you? Hey, crazy to think we're almost done with our first full season. Honestly, that that's the thing that really struck me the other day. So yeah, yeah, we've uh, we've gotten a few of those check marks. We got our, our first win, our first road win. Um, so we're we're checking them off. Hopefully. One way or the other, we can get our first A10 tournament win this year as well, so we don't have to worry about that. That would be very nice since, um, also just to note, um, I don't know if anyone else noted, but uh, they have, uh, Loyola has a alumni or get-together Tuesday night. So, <laughs> is, is <laughs> it? I hope we win if we end up playing Tuesday night. Yeah, I was going to say, is it the odds are, after the game? It's 7 p.m., yeah. It's okay. at 7. It's okay. a, yeah. Funny. So. That would be, it'll either be a, a great time or some heavy drinking or both. Hey, yeah, why not both? Yeah. Why not both? Um, cool. Well, uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it here from Buck and Lou at Podcast 63. Um, thank you all for listening. And don't forget, always remember, go Blairs. Stop.